Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, good afternoon, or depending where you are, good evening. I'm Ron Aaron, welcoming you to WellMed Radio. Our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, is with us, a doctor of osteopathy, a WellMed physician. If you're in San Antonio, you can find her at the Ingram Mall Clinic. If you're not in San Antonio, come visit sometime. Tell Marisa you came by to say hi. Good to see you, Dr. Charles. And my guess is, before we uh, uh, bring on our special guest, you have a lot of patients who struggle with a variety of sleep disorders. That's right, Ron. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a very big topic that we have in clinic. Um, sleep disorders are quite uh, significant. And one of those, we're going to welcome uh, Dr. Manuel uh, Jane. He is at Wilmot in Haines City, Florida, lead physician there and a graduate with his medical degree from the University of Santo Tomas in Manila in the Philippines. Completed his family medicine residency at the University of South Florida in Tampa. And Dr. Jane is board certified in family practice and geriatric medicine. And we're going to take up initially the topic of sleep apnea. And, and Dr. Jane, can you give us the 411 for those who don't know, what is sleep apnea? Well, generally, sleep apnea is a sleep-related breathing disorders. It may cause insomnia, but generally it's a sleep disorder. And they're actually most common is two types. One is what they call central sleep apnea, and the other one is obstructive sleep apnea. The um, central sleep apnea is when you watch somebody and they just stop breathing. And then after a while, they start gasping for air and they wake up. And it, uh, they have different arousal uh, episodes during their sleep because it's interrupted by that apneic episode. And, or sometimes they don't get aroused and they just wake up very tired. And they're wondering, they have uh, seven, eight hours of sleep and they still are not rested. The other one is usually uh, obstructive sleep apnea is oftentimes presented by the bed partner who would say he's snoring and uh, I cannot sleep. So it's the bed partner that cannot sleep, but the patient is fully asleep, but is snoring. But Sleep apnea can present as snoring, but all snorings don't have sleep apnea. And this is very serious uh, condition because it leads to catastrophic illness, especially those that have chronic conditions, uh, hypertension, diabetes, uh, hypercholesterolemia that would trigger this uh, episode. And um, oftentimes it's not recognized. Uh, the patients may complain of being tired and never had any problems before. Now you have to consider sleep apnea because uh, it's very common in the elderly, especially the men. And if you see your patients waiting in the waiting room or sleeping, it's not that they're bored of your entertainment, but because they have not had a very good um, uh, night uh, rest. And oftentimes it's being asked, how many hours, how many, uh, how long do I have to sleep? In the elderly is fairly, uh, not exact science. Uh, some of my patients wake up three or four times at night and they feel very much rested. I have patients who would sleep the whole night and still don't have their restful sleep. 
So sleep apnea is very important because it can be treated. And once treated, they might not tolerate the CPAP, BiPAP for the first few days, but generally majority of my patients will have it. And they said, I wish I have done this before because now they can rest. And of course it saved their marriage after a while. Because now, that's for those who they... don't know, uh, Dr. Jane, uh, you mentioned a CPAP or a BiPAP. Uh, what is that? The, the CPAP is a continuous uh, positive or there's a pressure that pushes the air into your lungs because it's obstructed. So it opens it up. And the other one is just it only helps you when you breathe in. Then it gives you the force to be able to inspire and also it ex expire. So it helps you on both faces. But the other one is just the pressure that pushes it in there, whether you like it or not. And sometimes a lot of patients cannot tolerate that. You have to gradually you know, introduce them to it. Sometimes the, the pulmonologist or, or sometimes the way they set it up is just like a full blown right away. And then the patient cannot stand it. It causes some dryness of the mouth and all that. But now there's more uh, acceptable uh, gadgets that they use with uh, nose pillow and nasal uh, instruments rather than a big uh, mask that mask. they wear. And it's also quieter now. Before they have a, a oxygen concentrator that wakes up everybody in the house. And, and so sleep apnea can be, can be treated. Okay, so Dr. Jane, so which patients is it that you become the most suspicious that they might have obstructive sleep apnea? And then how do we even diagnose it? Yes, majority of them, is considered to be normal, to be sleepy, normal for men to be in the waiting room and fall asleep. And oftentimes the wife would say, he watches TV in five minutes, he's asleep. I said, did he do that when he was younger? No. Did he do that before he had diabetes or hypertension? No. And, and so those are the signs that you will pick up that this patient, no matter how you treat them, they still don't feel good. Sometimes that's the only uh, sort of uh, signal that you get from the patient. They don't feel good. They're tired all the time. And then you think it might be their hypertension and then you control it. And you think that it is their congestive heart failure or their lung problem. When in fact, after you have already cleared those out, then you know you suspect. If you don't suspect, you will not be able to get them. And all right, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. For those who've just joined us, I want you to know you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Jane is our special guest. He is a, a physician, the lead physician for WellMed at Haines City in Haines City, Florida. And we're talking about sleep apnea, uh, a, a problem that folks have apparently in very large numbers where you don't sleep through the night, you uh, stop breathing. You may wake up uh, in a fit. You may not even know you had stopped breathing. Uh, but if I understand you correctly, Dr. Jane, uh, sleep apnea is nothing to fool around with. It's very serious. Yes, it is. And it has to be recognized. Uh, once this is not recognized, it's being uh, blamed on other chronic illnesses when in fact it could have been uh, averted by recognizing it and treating them. And a lot of my patients really felt good once you uh, recognize that because majority are not recognized or even considered. And once you recognize it, uh, is the treatment pretty standard? Is it cookie cutter? Uh, we give you a CPAP or a BPAP machine and you're fine? <laughs> yes, generally, but uh, a lot of patients have to be uh, individualized treatment because some of them will not even fit on the mask that they get uh, because it's pretty well standard. And yet my patients are not standard. Each one of them are unique. 
some of them cannot tolerate just having an instrument in their face while they're asleep. So I try to even just let them get accustomed to it first uh, before you really full-blown give them the CPAP. And well, I mentioned to you before we uh, started the interview while we were off the air that I was diagnosed with sleep apnea uh, this past November. Uh, in the hospital, they uh, had a, a, a CPAP machine. They put a mask on me, uh, and it just beat the bejeebers out of my nose to the point where I had a what seemed to be a forever scar cut uh, sore on my nose right right here yeah yeah right 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 up here and and the bridge I, uh, and the bridge of your nose, ultimately yeah it was awful but dr jane they finally said to me oh you know we have a lot of different masks we can let you try and i finally found one that just fits over my mouth and nose and it's perfect doesn't bother my nostrils doesn't bother my nose at all so your point is uh, we're not all cookie cutter people. We're different, and you have to find a mask that works. That's true, and it, it is treatable. And generally, it's a comfortable instrument that the patient can have with a very, very much improvement and comfort that they have when they wake up and feel rested. Again, is it a cure? Yes, and even save their marriage after all. <laughs> so. You know, but, I wanted to just take a second to to ask briefly because um, I know that before when somebody, when we were suspecting the sleep apnea, we would, write, you know, have to do this sleep study at a sleep lab that was uncomfortable, that was, um, you know, for people that struggle to fall asleep, they would have a really hard time even falling asleep in this, in this clinical, you know, situation. But now we're even doing sleep studies at home. Yeah, that's true. Before we have the, uh, we call the uh, polysomnography, where you monitor a lot of uh, variables, the pulse rate, the oxygen, the CO2, the arousal uh, events that the patient have. But now they have the home uh, sleep apnea testing, which is fairly well tolerated. And and to me, although the pulmonologist may disagree, that to me that is a fairly good alternative to um, polysomnography, which is not only expensive, but also not really a very good indicator for sleep apnea, because how can you sleep in a place where they tell you to sleep? It's not even a hotel. It's I just know. a small room and make you sleep. And so they just put all kinds there, of wires yes. on you and <laughs> monitors on you, and then they say, okay, go to sleep. So, you know, if somebody struggles with insomnia and difficulty falling asleep to begin with, that was just who, all uh, kinds of problems. I have a friend who was sent for that uh, uh, sleep study and he afterwards he told me like you said you're all wired up and then they wake you every few minutes how you doing are you sleeping and, and he <laughs> laughed and said i was until you woke me i finally fell asleep now here right. you go waking me up although sometimes they wake you up because you've not breathed for a long time exactly. and that's a little uh alarming which he um, may not have tech. known right right so uh, uh, dr jane when you take a look at the numbers of people with sleep apnea, uh, is it predominantly men, you said earlier, uh, or women as well? Yes, uh, generally it's the men and of advancing age. But when women get into their menopausal stage, the number seems to be equal. And it can also happen among children. Uh, the children really? also develop sleep apnea, and yet, again, not recognized. 
and the kid would be irritable, doesn't want to go to school and all that. You have to think about that, although it might not be the reason why they don't want to go to school. But generally, as a doctor, you have to be able to pick that up and see what else is happening that the patient and that, or the that's kid true is. i had a, a small niece um who had we didn't realize but very very large adenoids and tonsils um and um she had to have the surgery but she had all the symptoms and she you would watch her sleep and she would do the that agonal that where the the body's trying to breathe in and can't do it and then finally she would snore and make a lot of noise just like uh, people that have the sleep apnea as adults do and she had to have her tonsils and adenoids removed and it did help quite a bit wow yeah now ron you were talking about cure like can we cure sleep apnea we're going to find out in just a minute when we come back and talk with Dr. Jane. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Marisa Charles is our co-host. You listen to WellMed Radio. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Thank you so much for joining us here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. We're talking in Haines City, Florida, with Dr. Manuel Jane. He is a WellMed physician, lead physician in Haines City. And we're talking about sleep apnea. And before we leave that topic, I want to see Dr. Jane, uh, before we go to other sleep disorders, uh, are there is there anything we haven't talked about when it comes to sleep apnea? I asked is there a cure and uh, are the CPAP or BPAP machines a cure? Yeah, it, it cannot be cured, but it certainly can be controlled. And majority of my patients who are used to it, they don't want to give it up. It's not a matter of uh, being dependent on it. It's the fact that it is survival. They survive. And when they wake up feeling refreshed, uh, they don't want to give it up. And there is no cure. In fact, when they go to a hotel and they don't have that sleep apnea, they cannot sleep. And so there is really no definite cure. Now, in some cases where you have anatomical uh, obstruction in the throat, they can, they can do the surgery and all that. Um, then that would be the cost that is repairable. But in majority of cases, or sometimes just being losing weight will help. Right. I was uh, going to say, it, yes. you know, of my probably, patients that I've seen get off of the CPAP, patients that lose a significant amount of weight, especially, for example, after bariatric surgery, sometimes are able to get off of the CPAP. Not always, but sometimes. And your niece was able to get off uh, after they removed the uh, blockage in her throat, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that for her was a cure. Yes, it was. Any other issues involving sleep apnea we should be aware of, Dr. Jane? Oh, well, what are some some things that maybe a person can do if they if they think that they might have it? Some things that they can do 
um, to try to uh, improve the symptoms. I do have a few patients that cannot tolerate the CPAP or or don't even want to try anymore because of claustrophobia or anxiety. In those types of patients, what do you suggest? What do you tell them? Well, in, in those cases, you have to look at what is causing it, uh, number one. Uh, it might be an overweight issue uh, where the belly is pushing on the diaphragm when they sleep. Or sometimes you tell them to, uh, not necessarily the proning position with COVID, but just having their head up, that would help. Exercise really the- helps a lot. Elevating the head of the bed a little bit, maybe yeah. sleeping on their side, maybe a little better. Oh, yes, that, that's really true. And they sleep on their side or uh, just in, being inclined, that, that would help a lot. But majority of my patients' exercises really also help them a lot because aside from losing weight, they feel good and they can mm-hmm. rest better. And when they wake up, uh, you know, rest is a, it's a time that our body gets rid of all the byproduct of metabolism in the body gets rid of all the waste. That's why when you get up, there's so much waste to get rid of. And, you know, in my patients, if they exercise and they have a good sleep, oh, they feel good the next day. They feel better. That's very important. What about alcohol? Oh, those are the things that patients think it helps them go to sleep because they get drunk. But at the same time, that will also lead them directly into the time of restful sleep, but it's not enough. They don't get enough rest. They think they're, they're asleep, but they don't get the rest. So they wake up either having a hangover or uh, get used to it, and they just get sleepy during the day. And that's mm-hmm. why some of them would drink to wake up, to get them excited. That's why they get, they drink to become sober the next day. Certainly, it doesn't help their sleeping. Some of the patients, they cannot sleep, they drink. And that is one of the most common um, over-the-counter medication that they sedatives. use. Mm-hmm. Sedatives. And you know, that's very important. And, yes, and, and, and them, it definitely makes the, the snoring and the sleep apnea worse. Exactly. Uh, because it knocks them out rather than rest. Mm-hmm. And you need to rest at least, you know, it takes uh, how many, 90 minutes to get to that uh, non-REM uh, third stage of sleep. And majority of patients get it every 90 minutes. And mm-hmm. some of the patients that may be drunk, they get there so fast, but they don't get that 15, 20 minutes of rest. And then they wake up not being able to rest. They are asleep, but not rested. So they really feel bad when they wake up. And then they, the next, uh, then th- that evening, they're still not feeling good. They have another drink because that helped them fall asleep. Oh, that's just a, a wrong you know, pattern that they have. It's, it's a difficult cycle to get out of, but you're right. All right. So, so do you mind if we talk um, about insomnia for a little bit? Uh, yes. In, insomnia is Such very common. common. Yeah, you yes. hear about it a lot. So in, in this situation, it may be more common among women than men. Men mm-hmm. don't have problems sleeping. They sleep watching TV. The women, they're awake. I guess they're made that way to take care of the children. Because they have to <laughs> just your little awake. anxiety level, your, your baseline is just a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to concur with that. But women, what are some you know, tips that you give people? What are, you know, we talk about sleep hygiene. What does that mean? Well, generally, generally, I tell my patient, do not watch commercial TV before you go to bed because you're watching your one-hour favorite show. At the same time, they will introduce uh, 10 commercials at 10 seconds each. So you're watching your, your show, you're watching your, your show and, and uh, capture the audience. And then they have a news cruise. They have a battery cruise. And then they have somebody get killed in California. There's a fire and the economy is going down. And all of that are in your mind. And then when you go to sleep, you're already sleepy and tired watching your show and all this commercial. They don't know what to think. 
There's a staring mm-hmm. at the wall and said, Dr. Jane, so many things goes in my mind and I cannot sleep. Uh, and, and that is very common. So that's one of the sleep hygiene that you would uh, in, you know, encourage them to do. Do not watch TV in your room. The bed is only for sleeping and, of course, the other one. And that's just for resting and sleep, not to watch TV or eat in the room. And, and those are the right. things that So many people get yeah. into that bad habit. I have patients that tell me, well, I just, I can't sleep, but I'll sit in bed and I'll read or I'll sit in bed and I'll crochet or I'll knit or I will um, do my little crossword puzzles while I'm sitting in bed until I finally start getting sleepy and then I'll turn off the light and try to lay down. But that actually makes it harder. Like we actually do better if we condition ourselves that once you go to lay down in your bed, it's because it's time for sleep. Correct. They can have their crochet in the in the waiting room. Or in a different in room. living room. Right. Yeah, rather than in, in bed. So you only go to bed when you're sleepy. You don't rest in bed. Although most of my patients that cannot sleep, I tell them, you go to bed, do not sleep, just rest and do not move. The problem is they yeah, keep try, moving. Try so, to stay still. Yes. So That's those are some advice. of the uh, sleep disorders that also bothers their sleep. It's like restless leg syndrome, where they just have to move their legs when they're resting or or not only their legs their arms they also try to they don't know what's going on they just become restless and those are signs of restless leg syndrome which is very common um, that that happens that's why they don't feel rested and while they're asleep some of them would also wake up uh, you know they, they have sleep disorder movement you know uh, they they wake up and they don't know what happened and they have a hard time going to bed now men may have more problems going to the bathroom at night, waking up three or four times. But it can also happen in women where they have what we call nocturia. Well, they, it's not that they're going to the bathroom uh, that wakes them up. They're just awake and then go to the bathroom and, and mm-hmm. pee. Some of the patients would say, I have to pee, I have to get up. But others would say, I just wake up. And then when I wake up, uh, after two, three minutes, I have to go and pee. Now, those are the symptoms that the patient explained to me that they probably have a sleep disorder rather than a physiological uh, condition that wakes them up. So those are the clues that you will get from the patients uh, to recognize that. And it is treatable. And majority of patients that have sleep disorder, they don't wake up, some of them. They just uh, become restless. They move around. And uh, even when they are sitting in the uh, not at, in that room or in the bed, but just sitting on a lazy boy, they, they just keep on moving. They're just jerking and moving around. And you know that that person has uh, probably has a movement sleep disorder. Of course, How the do other you treat ones, that? Well, medication is very good uh, that we have treatment for that. Unless um, after we know that it's not due to iron deficiency, it's not due to low blood sugar, it's not due to uh, psychological reason, you know, depression, uh, anxiety. Patient may be taking medication that make them restless at night, or they might have uh, low uh, magnesium, low potassium. They have leg cramps and all that. So you have to go through all those reasons and differential diagnosis that we have. And then once you have uh, isolated all those reasons, you concentrate on those sleep movement disorders that we call it. That's very important. To so also what recommend. about, um, what recommendations do you give people about caffeine? Right now there's a Starbucks on every corner and the lines are long at all of those stores to go get coffee. Um, yeah. What recommendations do you give folks about caffeine intake? Yeah, coffee is a good and bad at the same time. If you will notice a patient who drinks coffee and fall asleep, well, certainly it, it, it's something to do with the patient. 
that patient may be a, a hyperactive person. When they drink coffee, they get relaxed. And then, you know, others would uh, drink coffee and cannot sleep. So coffee in general uh, is a stimulant. So, and even if they fall asleep, it makes the muscles more restless if they are in that situation. But some patients of mine who drink coffee and fall asleep, and although it's a number one cause of insomnia is coffee drinkers, and not only coffee, but uh, pop drinks. I was with my grandson one time and he went to the store and came out with a monster. And I just <laughs> have one, one, cup, one uh, cup of, uh, or one can of, uh, of Coke. And I said, look at the caffeine on my Coke. It's like 49 or 50 milligrams. I said, look at your monster that you have. It's like 140 or 150 caffeine. Mm-hmm. He said, no wonder. I, I, I feel really great when I take that and I can sleep <laughs> and I can study. And I said, that's not a good way because before you know it, you'll have tachycardia or a rapid heart rate. And we make you restless at night. So coffee, it's a good thing you point that out, that it's really important. And so many people ignore that. And it's present in the drinks that they drink, that they thought it's fairly safe. But it's not, it's not especially in the young. Especially. Well, let me ask young. one last question. We're about out of time. And, and I'm assuming the answer is yes. If you're having a sleep issue, talk to your primary care provider. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. Important. Uh, in fact, I'm glad that we have this uh, radio show because it makes everybody aware that this is very important. This should be something that should not be ignored. Well, Dr. Jane, thank you very much. He is the lead physician for Wellman in Haines City, Dr. Manuel Jane, and we're delighted to have you on board. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Thank you for joining us on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.